Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing one of the latest Star Wars novels titled A Crash of Fate. Or is it A Clash of Fate? I think it's Crash. Crash. It's, it's Crash. Sure Clash of Fate was a Clone Wars episode, right? <laughs> there there are no fates clashing in this case. <laughs> Close enough. But anyway, as usual, we have a couple of announcements first. William, you want to tell us all about those? Yes, we got um, the big news, actually. We have a director and a writer for the untitled Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Deborah Chow uh, is uh, has been picked to direct the entire... Sounds like the entire series of Kenobi. Um, she, of course, if your name sounds familiar, that's because she is one of the directors of The Mandalorian. So clearly she has been... Uh, is um, it, it has done a very good job on the Mandalorian. People, they must be very pleased with her work, um, and uh, so that's that's really really exciting to see. Uh, we've seen a lot of people just like really praising her work so far. Um, uh, alongside her will be uh, the series will be written by uh, Hossein Amini, who worked on, he's new to Star Wars, but worked on uh, the Alienist TV series and the upcoming movie Drive. So not quite as many uh, major credits uh, to his name, but um, man, I'm, I'm very, very excited about this series. I don't know about you guys. This is going to be great. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to this. I It's going to be interesting. I think I read today that, and this is reading the internet, so take it with a grain of salt, but they have already said supposedly the actor who played um, Owen Lars was going to be coming back. Oh. oh, that would be clever. Yeah. So that will be interesting if that is true. Again, this is only reading the internet. This is nothing confirmed. But that would be fascinating if they do bring him back, which to an extent you could kind of see that as being a possibility because – how else can you explain Owen Lars later when he gets New Hope? Right. Him no, having it, such a grudge against Obi-Wan. It, it makes complete sense to have Joel Egerton reprise the role. Yes, thank because, you. I forgot the gentleman's name. Um, you know, if Obi-Wan is on you know, Tatooine, like, of, of course you're going to want to have Owen in the yeah. show. And and maybe we even might see a, a young Luke in that case. I, oh, it'll be interesting to see whether they do it from afar where you never actually see him, but or you see him like far away, but never you got, you don't actually get any scenes of them up close or if we'll actually True. get scenes with a young Luke. Um, it seems way, like they're going to have to play it off the same way that they played off Anakin Skywalker and general Grievous the whole time when it came to clone wars. Cause really their only meeting was supposed to be revenge of the Sith. Am I correct? Uh, or, for, for, for Anakin and, and Grievous. Yeah. yeah and, but I think that's for, what I Anakin and Grievous. Yeah. For Kenobi, so they could, like Luke clearly knows of Obi-Wan. He's met Obi-Wan before, Yep. Uh, in a new hope it's just he um he, but did he then because realize that when he got knocked out he was like ben ben kenobi i mean that could have been taken a couple different ways i think he was that could have been uh, more surprised and he hadn't seen him for a while potentially oh uh, no good point Steven? good point they could pull that off then yeah because because you remember luke says like you know i was thinking he meant old ben 
Um, like he'd clearly interacted with him if only okay. as a like, oh, you know, that crazy guy who yeah, that lives. crazy old guy on the other side of the sand dunes. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. it's like the crazy neighbor you see occasionally down the street, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, we don't really talk to him, but like I know he's there. I know I recognize him. I don't know him super right. well. Right. It's probably something like like that. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, very that was, exciting that was to my see. Take uh, I mean, we we've got so much great content coming. The Mandalorian is just. Oh, so looking forward to this one. Like six weeks away as we're talking, which is hard to believe. <laughs> um, oh, there's not enough time. No, I, no. I mean, you, got, you guys do realize our our summer of relaxation is over at this point. Oh, right? absolutely. No, it is time like, to get to work. Start. It is time to get to work, guys. We have. Oh yeah. The Mandalorian starting in about six weeks. We have triple. Uh, sorry, we have the uh, Jedi Fallen Order releasing the same week as the Mandalorian. Before all of that, just this weekend, Star Wars Resistance returns for its second and final season. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, mm-hmm. a lot going on. Uh, and and that's, you know, before we get to The Rise of Skywalker and all the new books that tie into yeah, I was gonna say, The Rise gonna of Skywalker. Of We're getting into the busy season, but I could not be more excited could not be more excited this is gonna be so cool speaking of jedi fallen order we got a new trailer a new story trailer for the game which looks pretty cool um looks like they're gonna be delving into a lot more of the lore the jedi lore uh and there's some big monsters that you'll be fighting so the game looks pretty cool i'm excited well i imagine the two of you will be playing the game and you're just gonna have to tell me about it I think that's a reasonable assumption. Yeah, we'll that's a reasonable bring, assumption. We will bring you I, our full review. Yeah, I, I I wish I was a gamer. I mean, I I think I'm I'm waiting for the Lego Star Wars version to have everything come out because I think that one's going to be coming out. I think after the first of the year, where it's yes. the full Skywalker saga in Lego. That's my speed. That's what I'd play. Yeah, sometime in 2020. You know what else you might like though, Tom? Is Vader Immortal Episode Two? I've um, heard about this. We'll have to, yeah, we'll have to uh, to play it with you at some point. They actually dropped the second episode, um, surprisingly, at the uh, at, at, during Oculus, the Facebook's Oculus uh, announcement, their their big event they had mm-hmm. uh, last week, I believe. Yeah, um, all the, they they randomly dropped episode two, no warning, and it was just here, which is really cool to see. Um, episode one debuted alongside the oculus quest uh, and now episode two is available uh we will be bringing you our full review of episode two uh very very soon we we've we have it uh we're getting ready to play it and so uh maybe we'll sneak that into our next episode as well a little review of vader immortal episode two which is okay exciting uh and then uh, let's see, Triple Force Friday uh, starts tomorrow as we're recording and uh, hopefully releasing this, um, or, or I guess uh, Friday, uh, tomorrow night is Thursday. Um, there actually are not too many midnight events, which is uh, a bit disappointing given that the last two Force Fridays for um, Force Awakens and The Last Jedi were, they had these big midnight launches. This time it's... Uh, there's a handful of stores, but nothing, uh, not nothing too big, uh, sadly. But still, there's lots of cool products. There was a big live stream where they announced all the stuff coming out that ties into 
Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian and um, uh, and Jedi Fallen Order. So a lot of good stuff. Do you think a possibility is that because Toys R Us is not anymore, that that might have hurt a little bit of the Force Friday um, hype and the Thursday midnight openings? Maybe, but even Target did a bunch of stuff. It's possible no, that people is, are that is moving very more too. toward... Um, they're moving more toward just not wanting to go out at midnight to your local store to buy stuff. And I'm sure it's mm. more expensive. You have to pay people, to, you know, to come in and work at midnight. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. of, you know, lots and of then you got a guy like me who has to work on Friday. I really don't want to be up at midnight trying to go get my stuff. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I guess it's not too surprising, but uh, definitely hit your local store Friday morning. If you want some cool star Wars collectibles, um, uh, so yeah, that, that's that's exciting. And then last but certainly not least, we do have confirmation that Star Wars Resistance season two will be a total of nineteen episodes long, uh, and then they will be wrapping up the series. There are some interesting interviews uh, about the series uh, over the last few days, and uh, it was just really nice to see that the. The ending it's on uh, ending of the show on uh, in season two was actually it sounds like part of the plan the entire time. Um, hmm. They they wanted the show. They had a story they wanted to tell, and they they decided that they were going to be done. And and they were glad that um, that Disney and Lucasfilm let them end the show on their terms. And once they felt they'd finished the story, in fact, I'm trying to remember who I think it was. Brandon Amon maybe was talking about a show he'd previously worked on where he was told, Nope, sorry, you got to keep going. And he's like, but we're done. And they're like, Nope, Nope. You got to keep, keep coming out episodes. So it's the curse of television, you either yeah. die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, I guess it's the best thing that they're going to go out their way with this. And, and I, I think it's very rare that a show gets to go out the way they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm. I w- I would personally, I would always rather, like, you know, resist to start off for a little rocky, but I, I really, especially the end of the last season was fantastic, mm-hmm. and it, up. it did. And you know, as much as I would love to see it continue, I think it's the you know the fact that they're ending it on their terms and not trying to artificially extend the story is perfect. Mm-hmm. A good thing. That. I would it's always a rather a show start off the beginning and say we're going to be X many seasons. We're gonna tell the story and we're gonna end. Don't don't add too yeah. much filler. So, yeah. So with that, uh, shall we get into the second of two Galaxy's Edge books that we've been reviewing here? Oh, absolutely. I think Let's tonight we're gonna. I, I think tonight we're gonna be re- reviewing a Crash of Fate by Zarita Cordova, um, and the book basically revolves around two characters named Izzy and Jules because they were childhood friends. Climbing the spires of Batu, inadvertently silly, uh, inventing silly games, and dreaming of adventures they would share one day. As you can tell, this is the synopsis. Um, then, Izzy's family left abruptly, without even a chance to say goodbye. Izzy's life became one of constant motion, traveling from one world to the next, until her parents were killed and she became a low-level smuggler to make ends meet. Jules remained on Batu, eventually becoming a farmer, like his father, but always yearning for something more. Now, 13 years after she left, Izzy returned to the planet Batuu. She, she's been hired to deliver a mysterious parcel 
and she just wants to finish the job and get gone. But upon arrival at Black Spire Outpost, she runs smack into the one person who still means something to her after all these all this time, Jules. Now, the attraction between the two of them was immediate, yet, despite Jules seeming to be everything she's ever needed, Izzy hesitated. How can she drag this good-hearted man into perilous life that she has chosen? Jules has been trying to figure out his future, but now... All he knows for certain is that he wants to be with Izzy. How can he convince her to take a chance on someone who's never left the safety of his home world? And naturally, things go wrong because Izzy's job does go wrong, and the two childhood friends find themselves on the run, and all their secrets will be revealed as they fight to stay alive. That's a long summary. Uh yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 quite detailed. I mean, he- heck, we don't even have to describe the basics of the story now. You you you've got the the whole summary there. Um, but you know, th- this this in many big ways, this book was kind of a spiritual successor to Lost Stars, which I know you never read, Stephen. I know, um, I know. Although, if this is your kind of Lost Stars example. I'm not sure I'm sold on it okay. now. I Lost think Stars so, was I'm significantly better. Um, okay. But okay, so I guess let's 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 start. Um, Stephen, what did you what did you think of the book? You uh, seem to be let not. No, I should sorry. That sounded that came across more negative than I intended. Uh, it's fine. Is I think how I would summarize it. Mm-hmm. Like. It's it's very similar to a lot of the other Star Wars books we've read in that there's not a whole lot of uh, story plot going on. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom just described, like, Izzy's there to deliver a package. What was that package, you ask? Well, it's a MacGuffin. It is nebulous supplies for the Resistance. Which is very true. It was yeah, a MacGuffin. Like, and, and then there's, you know, all right, that's the first, like, you know, I call it three quarters of the book. And then the last quarter of the book is about uh, dealing with the other kind of enemy. And what's the enemy's plan, you ask? Well, they're going to burn a farm. The stakes have never been higher. <laughs> and so it's like it, the story's carried uh, almost 100% by Izzy and Jules' relationship. And I think what's there is fine. It actually mm. works decently. It's just it's not... Uh, it's not, you know, that. It's not the biggest, exciting, most exciting, pl- yeah, plot. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, it's, it, it, it really is. If we're being honest, it's, it's a, it's a young adult uh, romance novel set in Galaxy's Edge. Yep. Um, with the backdrop of you know what's happening in in the in Black Spire Outpost, but it's really, really meant to give you flavor for the uh for galaxy's edge so that mm-hmm. when you go yourself you have an idea of uh what what's happening where you're going that sort of thing i mean i think i read this book before i visited galaxy's edge um it was and i and actually before i read black spire with crash fate and then black spire and i do felt like it actually gave me a pretty good sense of how galaxy's edge is laid out and kind of the mm-hmm. backstory for the characters and that sort of thing. Um, and they kind of check all the boxes of all the, you know, the, the big things like, you know, August Cantina, Doc Ondar's den, 
the milk stands, obviously the Ronto roasters specifically, Rontor roasters, right? I, you know, <sighs> Merchant Row, like they do check it all off. I and will it, say that's that is something I'm getting a. I realize this is all part of the big publishing push around Black Spire Outpost and Galaxy's Edge. I am really tired of seeing every part of the park name dropped. <laughs> like, oh, like it just, well, I'm past the point of being like, oh, they went into Doc Ondor's cantina. Like, okay, why? Why do I care now? Like, I get it. I've been in it. It's cool. That's not enough to like carry me through. Sorry, that came across as very, it's, it is cool that it's said in the park, but like, yeah, I, I'm I'm done with it. Okay, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take this. I enjoyed the book because, and, and I like I actually like the Black Spire book a little bit better than this. Mm. I did get the feeling this was a Lost Stars book. Okay, Lost Stars had a lot more characters in it. I thought Lost Stars for what it was was a great book. This was right below it, but I like the feeling and I like the atmosphere and I like how everything was set up in this book. Yes, it did get a little of. Hey, it was an actual Ronto roaster. Hey, they did go through the marketplace. Hey, they went to Doc Ondor's. Hey, they went here. Okay, that was great, fine and dandy. But I like a book that set up the atmosphere of the land itself. And they're telling the story of the planet. Something that I think, I mean, I would almost want to say, you'd want to have all this stuff published first before the land came out. Because that way you could walk in there and have an idea of what the land was like instead of reading it almost like right now after the fact, now you're getting the story. Sure. And yeah. I think from that point of view, it works, but how many people within the star Wars fandom are going to actually read this book and black Spire outpost to get that idea of what the land is like to get the feel of what the land is like to, 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 to make a connection with the books the general public aren't, is not going to be reading this book. They're going to be going in there enjoying the land for what it is. Yeah. And for us, this actually was a great book because it adds more depth to the land, just like Black Spire. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a, a decent description. Yeah, and, and a lot of the book is like, <clears throat> because it's a, a bit more of a romance, um, okay. Izzy and, and Jules... You know they they they're they're separated as as Tom said in the in, in the description of the book, and when Jules are uh, and, and Izzy are finally reunited, it's been you know it's what many 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 probably what a decade later I think. It sounds uh, that so, way. So they are I believe like six and seven in the first chapter where you see their kind of childhood little uh, adventure, and I. They're 19 and 18, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a little more than 10 years. It's like 12 years, I think, total. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And actually, speaking of timeline, it's um, the book takes place right bef- right after The Last Jedi because it takes place months after the destruction of the Hosnian system, uh, which would be right around the... Right around, just after The Last Jedi. Um, but we don't really see much of the galaxy at all. Um, but... But any, but anyway, um, Izzy, or who, who by the way, her, her full name is Izal Garcia, uh, Garcia, and then uh, Jules is actually Julian Rakab. Um, they just, but the, but they both have uh, their their you know fun nicknames. Uh, Izzy is she 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 was taken away uh, from the planet. Her her family had to leave, and eventually ends up returning 
and uh, like you said, on, on this mission to deliver a package, and she really doesn't have any attachment to Black Spire Outpost at all when she first arrives. Um, but when she tries to deliver the package to Doc Ondar, he's missing. And that's when the whole adventure ensues and she accidentally swaps briefcases with jewels and is forced to, you know, go after him to try to find the, uh, the briefcase. And then they end up, he's already get gotten rid of it and they go on this whole adventure mm-hmm. trying to get it back. And it, as you said, Stephen, it really is the MacGuffin. Yeah. Uh, like it's one of those things where as you're describing it, that, that it's not, you are summarizing the plot, but the plot doesn't have that much more depth. Like, yes, there are bigger events. Like, uh, the scenes are longer, you know, you look, mm-hmm. there's more world building than what you're describing, but it really is like, up. Oh, they traded the package. Next couple chapters are about them, you know, recovering the package and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After a quick visit to the Hondo, uh, sorry, the Onaka transport solutions. And, and, and I really like hate to say this. The funny thing is, we basically just summed up the book right now. <laughs> the whole thing, right well, there. Well, I mean, we, we're missing a quarter. Well, with okay, Anna but wait a minute. Wait a minute. There is, but 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 there is a thing in which I did. I think for me, it took them a little bit too long to, to get there. Was why did her parents leave the planet? What was the thing to where it was like? What motivated them to leave? And then to come to find out, it basically had to revolve around her mother. And it seemed like her mother was part of the the pirate or or you know whatever mm-hmm. um, Izzy turned herself into is what her mother originally was, and she had to get away from that. And to me, it took a little long to get there, but it at least gave you the it gave you a basis of why she had to leave. But like I said, it just took a little too long to get there. For, for my taste, if it was a little bit quicker in the story, because the building the relationship between the two two characters was great, but get to the meat of the story. You knew the briefcase was going to be the MacGuffin, but get to the meat of the story of why did they end up leaving? Well, that's I I do think the meat of the story is Jules and Izzy kind of reconnecting. Mm-hmm. That's true. and especially there's um an element of you know they were childhood best friends they planned on being captain and princess together uh and so on and it becomes this this story is really about you know they're now adults they have relatively fully formed personalities and like how right. do they how do they interact now right yeah and i i thought zareta cordova did a good job with the characters themselves like while there isn't there isn't a lot of meat on the bones as far as the plot goes. Um, I I still enjoyed it as I was reading it, you know, because I thought she did a good job, you know, especially for that that the age the you know the age range they're targeting. She right. did a good job writing the characters, um, and there were it wasn't like it, you were like okay you know, let's go right come on. Um, well, it, it's like I mentioned, I, she did a really good job world building Black Spire Outpost and Galaxy's Edge. Exactly. Yep. And, and, and that, that was a one thing again that, that I'll say monologued about. That was the thing that really made the book enjoyable was the, the feel that you were, no, I'm not going to say you were there, but it's like the feeling that she had in there, she built a really good story around that. Just like uh, Delilah S. Dawson did with Black Spire Outpost. Both of them built very good worlds around this brand new 
place. And I would think right now that would be very hard to do, to have two books come out the way these have to build a good story around an actual existing place that had no backstory until these books come out. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and they add, they try to add a, um, uh, they, they do a good job of like fleshing out the different locations. I think yep. if you read both Black Spire and A Crash of Fate, it can, might be a little too much, but they do a good job of, um, actually, I don't know. I felt like I had a better sense of the layout of Galaxy's Edge in A Crash of Fate than I did in Black Spire. Yeah, I didn't, there wasn't, in black uh in black spire outpost i very much got sorry it is it was called black spire outpost right yes black spire, yeah black spire, okay yeah. sorry black I, spire yeah um yeah black spire so in black spire i got a much better sense of the layout but it it felt smaller to me um in that you know it was more accurate to the fact that galaxy's edge is a self-contained park right um here i got i didn't have a good sense of the layout but it felt like a much larger world mm-hmm. which i i think i consider a net positive like this one felt a little bit better to me in terms of making black spire feel like it was bigger than mm. just galaxy that well they also had right. like the cenote outside like they they would they would land outside they kept going right. back over there to like for for a swim or whatever i don't know it, it did feel like it was yeah, a it, larger area and the farms I, I, outside and i think when it comes to black spire the one part that I thought was very well done was the description of the resistance base. And that's the one thing within black spire we have not seen yet within this book, other than the places like the farms and the place where they went swimming and all that, that stuff basically that you can imagine is around that area. And you can tell that it's a bigger place black spire, because there's one area that's totally detailed described in that book we haven't seen it yet, and it does kind of make it feel small because it, it's basically Black Spire was Doc Ondor's, it's the marketplace, it's the resistance base, and it's the First Order area. So that's how the book was written. This one does feel like, and I, I agree with William, that because they talk about the farm, they talk about this, they talk about that, it did build a bigger world. But Black Spire will probably feel a little bit bigger once Rise of the Resistance opens up and you get inside that base. True. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like I, th- I felt like there was just more outside of the immediate city as well. Without Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, that that was interesting. And um uh you know some of the some of the characters they they added were interesting. None particularly stood out. I mean there were a couple funny moments like Actually, I thought it was it was, it was somewhat humorous that Zoraida Cordova actually called go, went out of her way to mention that this this young Gungan kid has an accent identical to all of the other kids. Like he doesn't talk like, like Jar Jar, you know, at all. That, <laughs> yeah, that did make me chuckle. Yeah, uh, which is pretty funny. Um, and they try to build some tension by having. Uh, Jules accidentally, uh, you know, hear um, Izzy talking about him behind his back, and you know, they the kind of create some friction in their relationship as their romance is starting to blossom, and uh, he gets all uh, you know, I, upset. They, 
they ride a very a very uh, hard PG thirteen rating. There there's a line, and clearly they were not to cross, which I did find kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> it's not much else. Like there's plenty of tension, uh, but there were very clearly like this is as far as they were willing to go. And uh, I don't know, like, what did what did you guys think of Anna Anatola? <sighs> what what so would you she, think, Stephen? So as she, I, I mean, try so to remember, because so, I so to be totally honest, I've read the book in like probably three months at this point, so <laughs> I'm trying uh, to remember the fair, details. Sorry. Yeah, I know it's the same here. It's been a while. Uh, last night, so yeah. So Anatola. So at the beginning of the book, sorry, after the first chapter, Izzy is working with her uh, boyfriend Damar. And she's part of a, a crew run by Anatola, who's ah, um, yes. the 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 less scrupulous, you know, smuggler or you know whatever she does. Um, and she kind of plays the antagonist. Um, she's the one who kind of tries to throw some additional tension in between Jules and Izzy. And then at the in the last act, she shows up to try and blow up a farm for undisclosed reasons. Um, personally, I, if we were going to have, if the book was going to have a full antagonist, I wish we'd spent a little more time with her and that, you know, she'd actually done something. Had a good backstory and a reason for motivation. Yeah. Like she's, she's just all talk really for the most part. Like she doesn't ever really do anything that's, uh, particularly threatening. Well, it, it seemed like that and, and the full gang and even Izzy's uh, boyfriend was the same way. I mean, they were just all talk. Yeah. I, I think, well, you might, you might have said this at the very beginning, but like Jules and Izzy, I felt, felt pretty well-rounded, but the rest of the characters were a little bit more one-dimensional. Um, yeah. Volt, who's one of uh, Jules's friend, I thought came across decent with his, you can kind of picture the crazy guy who's, fermenting something in the, his garage and you're not really <laughs> sure what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, it was it was also kind of disappointing we didn't actually get to see Hondo. He's mentioned a lot in the book. but you Yeah, actually it would have been fun to see him come in. He would have stolen it. It wouldn't have worked. Yeah, that's true too. It would have become another Hondo book and who wants to read another Hondo book? Me. Raise his hand. I, I mean, I do too. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um... But yeah, I mean, there's this whole Anatola. You're right. I I agree with your assessment of her, and the fight at the end was kind of interesting. You know, where they had this this whole um, this whole fight at Anatola's ship, and she's trying to blow up this farm, and they they end up taking out you know, this you know trying to disable the detonators at the storage silo and all of that stuff, and I mean, eventually they they succeed. Uh, and I don't know. It's just it, it's weird because it, in the it moment it does, and at, in the moment I actually I enjoyed the book, but mm-hmm. like thinking back, I'm like, yeah, there wasn't really a lot to it. But at the same time, I actually enjoyed it more than Black Spire. Not that it's a competition between them, really. Yeah, I'm not really sure why. Okay, really, why? Interesting. I, I read A Crash of Fate first. Uh huh. Um, I don't know. It's a great question. Now I'm actually asking myself the same question. Well, see, I I think I think 
I did it reverse. I did. I'm pretty sure I did Black Spire. Well, I know I read Black Spire first and then Crash of Fate. I enjoyed Black Spire. I because I loved the character Zane. I thought that was. <laughs> I know you it, did. I love that once. Once you kind of got past the first couple pages of him, and you really started getting into that character, such a great character. So bummed about Cardinal. Okay, yeah. and and but, just love that book. Yeah, but and it's not a competition between the two. Books, no, I but know. I, I, yeah. that being said, it is very easy to compare them, given that they are like they're set on the same planet. planet. They're set on yeah. the exact same planet with the exact. They're not the same characters, but they're the exact same ancillary characters and locations. Mm-hmm. It is pretty easy to get them confused. Uh, I would say that uh, I would agree with. One's a romance. The, one's more of a spy book. Right. But they're both in the exact same place, doing right. mostly the same things. Yeah, uh, there's I, less I of, think, of the resistance in this one. And I think the one thing for me that can keep them the the separate between the two, even though they could be confusing is this book had more direct reference to the land than black spire did. And I'm talking as so? far as the Ronto rap, rap and all that kind of stuff. That was just too, a little too far into it where black spire really didn't. It had really? more of an overview of the land, but not so much hard hitting at specific things. I don't know if I agree with that. Really? Yeah, I feel like Black Spire name dropped a lot of stuff. I remember. Okay, then I remember it more in this book than the other one. So I, yeah. it, it may, it may be a little bit of a blinder thing, and maybe, <laughs> maybe reading Black Spire when I first read it, I glossed over it. But reading it in this one, it may have stuck out because it was like reading it a sec, reading the thing a second time, and that's why it stuck out like a sore thumb. But that that was my thing about this. Yeah, no, I, you know, I th- I thought it was a decent book. There there was one moment that was a little odd, uh, so felt a little forced, I guess. Um, Which moment? Was where that? Um, this is when they go to Onaka. They're going after the the, the briefcase, and they go to Onaka Transport Solutions, mm-hmm. and the supervisor Lee Skillen refuses to give it back. All right, which is it felt a little weird because it's like. Hey, we accidentally swapped your briefcase. We gave you the wrong package. Do you want the correct package? And he's like, "No, I want to keep the wrong package now." Like, you don't even know what's in it. Like, maybe it's less valuable. Maybe you accidentally got like a bunch of bricks in your briefcase instead of like a million credits. I don't know. Why I, would you? I actually didn't have nearly as much issue with that. I yeah, I understand, but there. Uh, it seemed like an unnecessary hurdle. Like and, and Hondo, like I guess, didn't care about having the correct delivery, I, so they had to swipe the card and steal it. I, it little... I took that as a like you know, in in retail sometimes you know there's the manager and everything else is you know what like I don't know what game you're trying to play, we're just gonna play it safe. True. Manager's not here. Too bad. Deal. Very true. Like, Very true. Um. Sometimes it's just better not to not to play games that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. Like overall. I still enjoyed it. There wasn't a lot of meat on the bones, but I thought the the story was was interesting. I mean, Jules and Izzy eventually they they kind of they 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 fall in love. They they patch up the misunderstanding uh, that Let's be very clear. Uh, that was to. the case 2 minutes into the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I 
and they end up working for Hondo for a living. So, you okay. know, and they end up getting to see the rest of the galaxy. I do have a question in this. I really have to. Be, what happened to Melch? You've got Hondo. Where's Melch? Tom, that's a story. Uh, it's a, Ugnaughts, unfortunately, it's a do not live as long I, as humans. I'm sorry. Or Nikto. I, I, okay, but I'm sorry. That one line delivered in Rebels with Melch is just priceless. I just wanted to see Melch somewhere mentioned. This would have been a good spot for him to show up, by the way. Really. Just, just even a name drop in this. I would have loved to have seen him name dropped in this more than the Black Spire book. He would have been perfect in this just to name drop it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. What are you going to do? Yeah. I know. I know. Um, I guess I guess he couldn't recover from when he flew. How, how did you guys feel about the, the very end? The Resistance comes out all of a sudden and attacks the First Order. They come out of hiding and as explosions are happening all around them, Izzy and Jules decide they're going to join the resistance uh i thought that sounded like a more interesting book <laughs> <laughs> it but. felt a little rushed too i guess like but i don't know i guess they're they're seeing their homeworld attacked clearly the first order is the aggressor so hopefully well, they set that up in black spire too yeah so I, that's the point with both of them though i kind of wish well the, the thing that bothered me most about black spire is that they the resistance came and then they were defeated and then the resistance just came back ta-da we're back in equilibrium at least this one i felt like they were they were not there and then they finally showed up and we kind of got to the part where the park was at instead of trying to actually win and then realizing oh just yeah. kidding like we we still need the resistance here can you guys come back please you know mm. like we don't want to have the park empty <laughs> <laughs> please someone it's fair. Anyone. Wow. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's it, it is hard sometimes to review a a, a book like this in great detail. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know, I think it's I think it's enjoyable. Do, do you guys have any yeah. other thoughts? I'm good. On a I mean, I yeah. We may as well get into uh, our. Yeah, I thought it was good as well. Our yeah. our ratings then uh, we'll make this a nice quick episode before we get back to the the uh, deluge of uh, of resistance and the Mandalorian. Uh, we'll have content stuff. coming pretty soon. Oh yeah, uh, multiple episodes a week potentially. Um, yep. But uh, Stephen, what what were your overall thoughts? Uh, you would make me go first. I overall, I it felt like just an average book to me i guess um it wasn't bad like it tells a decent you know romance like teen romance story between you know these two characters izzy and jules there's not a lot of drama there's not a lot of plot to it um but there is like some amount of charm in watching them like fall in love together and figure out what they're doing with their lives and you know somewhat discover their past um, discover how they're both they're both orphans, which you know is always convenient. Mm. Um, yeah, like I didn't have trouble reading it. I guess I doubt I'll I'll ever read it again. I like my overwhelming feeling is it was fine. You know. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd give it probably a six out of ten. Womp rats. Um, 
Oh man, I didn't even think about what what to do with my Womp Rats. That's well, gonna be interesting with this one. Yeah, so I mean, so there are two packages that take place throughout the throughout the novel. Uh, there's Izzy's package to the Resistance, which we know contains supplies. Um, but what we didn't know is that the package that Jules delivers from Doc Ondar to Hondo was full of Womp Rats. I mean, who who would have guessed such a thing? Live Womp it's, Rats. Well, yeah, okay. that's. Hondo yeah, wanted a pet too. Like, he's a real person. He likes having, you know, some companionship. So, so he'll take seven womp rats <laughs> running around with a bunch of porgs. Exactly. Okay. Totally reasonable. Okay. Just yeah, you, you want to mix womp rats and porgs. It, it it helps calm down the porgs a little bit. Exactly. See, it's all it's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like it's a. It's a solid book. It's worth reading once, especially if this is more in line with your kind of the type of genre you would normally like. And if not, then I think you're okay to skip. Yeah. Okay. That's a. That's fair. That's a that's a very fair uh, assessment. Yeah. I actually, uh, pretty much agree with uh, everything you said. Um, oh, the book was good. You know, it, it it's not going to change the galaxy at all. But it's a it's a fun read. Uh, it's great for you know younger readers to teens. Uh, who who may want a different type of story in, in set in the Star Wars galaxy and does a, I, I thought a pretty good job of um, uh, laying out the the galaxy's edge Black Spire outpost. Um, one thing I realized we we forgot to mention is that uh, Izzy's mom, uh, it turns out, is a bounty hunter, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's right, she was a bounty know. hunter. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool cool detail. Um and 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 kind of heard their relationship with her mom and uh and and that sort of thing and kind of explains why they they ended up having to leave uh leave Batu uh, unexpectedly just you know in the middle of the night one night um so yeah you know, overall I I'd say I don't know I'd give it a seven Womp Rats out of ten um it was good you know. It was good for for what it is for the target audience. It's it's going for, uh, it was it was it was decent, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think uh, well, uh, unfortunately after Izzy left, a big fire swept through Black Spire Outpost, and um, that this actually is what caused Jules, his his mom and dad to eventually die. Uh, his dad died trying to save people from the fire. And, Oh wow! His mom died from a virus later, which is very dark and sad. Uh, but they both lost lost their parents. But um, the uh, the the womp rats, the seven womp rats, were unfortunately um, uh, trying to rescue the no. residents as well. And they they oh, tried to save Jules' so dad. God, thought, they tried to save Jules' dad, and they just couldn't. I, so. I thought for a minute there you were going to say it was the seven womp rats who started the fire. Oh, oh, they started the fire, and then they tried to rescue Jules' dad. Oh, oh, well, oh okay. That's dangerous. Okay. And then failed. And what? think, later, Womp Rats from that same family showed up at Hondo's. Yeah. I mean, it was what basically, I think, like, next? Owen and Baru Lars on Tatooine. That was the Womp Rats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, that was terrible. So, that was terrible. I apologize to everyone. Uh, wow. Tom. Erase, erase, erase. Okay, so, um, I, you know what? I'm giving the book a seven. I'm going to agree with basically everything uh, you both said about the book. I enjoyed it because of the world building. I, I really like 
how it was set, how it was written. That's what I enjoyed about it. It is definitely a book for its target audience. Um, Nothing spectacular out of it. It's just a good read. I agree with you, Stephen. It's it's read once and it can stay on my shelf because it's a good book for what it is. So I am taking my seven Womp Rats and, you know, that droid who's sitting there with the Ronto Roasters, that's sitting there going back and forth underneath the uh, pod racing engine. Well, it's those seven Womp Rats that are actually helping that droid put the thing up and down and turning those. No, actually, it's actually the seven Womp Rats that are on that spicket that are turning underneath. Oh, gosh. That's oh, what happened. Thomas, oh. is, you're getting too complicated. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me they said they were selling Rontos? Ro- uh, ro- roasted Ronto and it's really ro- roasted Womp Rats. I want my money back. Hey, I didn't say that. I'm pretty sure it's what you said. I didn't say I that. That's kind of what I heard. I didn't say that. <laughs> anyway, so that's my seven Womp Rats. Uh, yeah. No, they're helping the droid. Okay. They're actually, help the droid turn the thing. Okay, sounds good. One slip. Jeez. Oh boy. Oh boy. And with that, uh, we end our summer break and uh, we will be back next week. Boy, just a couple days with our review of the first episode of Star Wars Resistance Season 2 Into the Unknown. And actually, believe it or not, we have an episode run uh we have a, a, a coming up for you um we have a, uh-huh. a synopsis so episode one of uh season two of star wars resistance is titled into the unknown it was directed by brad rao and written by stephen melching the uh hey yeah who who is the inspiration for uh the character melch so i was gonna say that's where melch ended up that's where melch ended up he's in resistance um and, uh, you know, for those of you who went to Star Wars Celebration, this episode will be familiar. It's the same episode they premiered there. Uh, but after being launched into space by Kaz and crew, the Colossus encounters engineering problems, which are made worse by a mysterious stowaway. Interesting. It's a, it's a good episode. Um, so looking forward to reviewing that with you guys. So stay tuned. Probably just so you know, due to scheduling, we'll probably have the episode out uh, a couple days after it airs, but um, then we will quickly uh, we'll get we'll get the our review of episode two up day and date uh, with uh, with episode two's release, so you won't have to wait long for that. Guys, this has been fun. We're back. Oh. the The break's over. Woohoo! I mean, looking at the schedule, there's 19 episodes in Resistance, right? If we think, I don't know, eight, ten maybe eight, nine, 10 right now. And then probably nine, probably 10 episodes before the end of the year. And then another nine in the back half of the season starting yep. next, you yeah. know, next late winter plus Mandalorian. But yeah, is, we got Mandalorian. We have eight episodes of the Mandalorian. Um, and then whatever books are going to come out after force Friday. Yep. And, uh, there's some really good ones coming up. Um, so, we're going to be busy. And then don't forget, you guys are going to be doing the games. Yes, yes. Yeah. We're going to be very, very, very busy. But uh, it's going to be fun. Yep. I am so excited. So uh, with that, we will let you guys uh, go. And we'll be back in just a couple of days, uh, about a week, with our review of Resistance into the Unknown. It's going to be back, guys. So good to be back.
The end. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.